0: It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hello, everyone. Matt Hausman, your host for the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hope you guys are doing great wherever you are listening today. And one of the things I'm going to jump into today is I, I had a listener reach out to me, and big shout out to Cleveland, and it was a really good conversation that we had. And I'm going to go over what that was today in, in pretty good detail. But the first thing I want to jump into is i uh, been speaking with a lot of people, and many people are fearful, or scared. They're worried about this upcoming election cycle. It seems as if this is unprecedented. We have, you know, many people w- would consider this a very divisive election coming up. I think every, every election cycle that we're going to see moving forward with social media is going to continue to get this way. But the other thing that we're dealing with, we're dealing with COVID. And so a lot of people, that this uncertainty is creating some people to have fear. And I want to talk about that today because I've been working with some people over the course of the last three months that have either they've been wanting to look at Matt, can I retire, like today, or a couple other ones have been giving the opportunity for a voluntary early retirement buyout. And the question is, can I do it? You know, So that we're going through the planning process, but in each situation, This conversation has been coming up. Oh my God, Matt, the election's coming up. What in the world is going to happen? Well, the reality is nobody can predict what's going to happen. And I want to go over and kind of remind us of what history has done during these election cycles to hopefully give a little bit of um, peace of mind for you, maybe some steps to take to help you not fall into the black hole that is the media in all shapes and sizes. Because that's always what it really comes down to. And as I said earlier, I believe that moving forward is uh, social media and the media in general is going to constantly be hitting us and wanting to get our attention. Those ads are there for a reason. You know, I I remember being down at a big marketing organization down in Baltimore. And one of the things that they were talking about in the way that they were delivering their email, their commercials... Both radio and TV, their YouTube channel, and even what they were hard copy mailing out, is they said we have seven to eight seconds to grab someone's attention. Otherwise, they're hitting delete, they're throwing it in the trash, or they're changing the channel. So you want to recognize that as we now are about a month out, a little over a month out from the upcoming election. But listen, before we jump into that, let's make sure we deal with a disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmatt.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com, And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30-minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation? So again, very low-key. Go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com. And schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. All right, so let's go back. Let's actually address what many, as I said, many people have been talking to me about this, and that is what is the market going to do? What are we going to be seeing during this upcoming election cycle, little over a month out? What's going to happen afterwards? You know, help give me some peace of mind as to what's going to happen. Well, this is what I want everyone to realize is if we go back historically and we look at the market, first of all, is there is a lot of volatility leading up to the election. Why? Because of the uncertainty, and the markets don't necessarily like uncertainty. So we see these big volatility swings. The other thing with regards to what's happening today, or what has been happening for the last six, eight months, is we're also dealing with COVID. So that there's another thing that is thrown in there that is creating Some uncertainty, so we are going to see volatility. Understand that that's going to happen as we're moving up to the election time. But I want everyone to recall: let's go all the way back to 2008 and the financial crisis. So instead of what we have today as COVID, back then we were having a serious financial crisis, not only domestically, but it was rippling across the uh, across the globe, along with an election where it wasn't like we had an incumbent that could be there because of term limits, George W. was going to be out. So now we have two different parties racing for that, uh, that presidential. Then we also had, we were looking at the Senate, we were looking at Congress. So there was a lot of uncertainty that was happening there with regards to the election, in addition to the financial crisis, kind of like what we're dealing with right now with regards to again, COVID and the upcoming election and the way the media is positioning this no matter what side of the aisle you sit on it's a very divisive election and they i believe that they're the i can i would love to see the ad revenue that is rolling into all of the major networks the cnbcs the msnbcs the fox business the fox um, fox news bloomberg all of those How much money do you think is rolling into those coffers right now? Because this, I I read this article over the weekend. This is like the Super Bowl that happens, or like the Olympics. Every four years, we have this presidential election, and the ad revenue has just got to be off the charts. So first of all, I want you to recognize that. Go back and, if you can, put yourself back in 2008 and how that election came out. And, you know, when uh, President Obama won, you know, one side of the aisle, oh, my God. And as a matter of fact, if you go back and, r- and remember, the Democrats t- took a trifecta. They took the House, the Senate, and the presidency. One side of the aisle was like, oh, my God, life as we know it is over. It's done. It's history. Right? But look what ended up happening. We ended up coming out of the financial crisis, and then we ended up having, you even go to the midterms, but let's look at the next presidential election and what happened then in '12. And then let's just go back four short years ago and let's look at 2016. I pulled this up for many of you who maybe have a short memory. Just do yourself a favor. Go back and look at all of the predictions, the experts on the street, the economists. I mean, good night. Mark Cuban was even uh, chiming in. If Trump wins, oh my God, life as we knew it is over. Instant recession, Stocks will automatically decline, and the world isn't going to like us anymore. International markets are going down as well. All you got to do is go do a search for that. I pulled it up here. I pulled up Mark Cuban. He, first thing he says, the stock market mayhem will continue, and the markets will crash, predicts Mark Cuban. The other thing I'm looking at is this was on CNN Business. A Trump win would sink stocks. Again, this was actually published October 24th, 2016. This is in Politico. Same thing. Economists, a Trump win would tank the markets. They called it a Brexit-like surprise in the event that Trump was to win. We can go back and remember what the international markets did, and even the domestic markets with the Brexit that happened a couple years ago. But the reality is... This uncertainty is what creates the volatility, and we want to be aware of that. You know, if you've been invested invested in the market, as I have, for instance, many of you for, you know, for decades, we've seen this up and down that has happened during these different election cycles. I can remember all the way back to 92 when George H.W. Bush, you know, one-term president, now Clinton's coming in, and then in '96. You know, so these things are going to happen and we want to have an understanding on that for our investable money. Again, we always talk about money with purpose. So the monies that we have invested in the market, we want to realize that we're going to see this volatility. That's why hopefully you're diversifying your portfolio. You're not just in one asset class. You're not just domestically stocks. You have international. And then, of course, we bring in bonds to hopefully stave off the the volatility that stocks are going to create. The steps I would take you to, or ask you to take, if this is something that's really concerning you, is be mindful and be aware of all of the media that's going to be coming at you. So you want, first, that's the first thing. You want to take, take a step back. Don't fall into, oh my God, re, you know, the, the headline. And then you go in and you read the article and it's like, oh, it wasn't that bad. But if, you know, we're so conditioned right now, whether we're swiping up or we're flipping over is to just run through the quick headlines. And again, they know what they're doing just to create that gotcha and hopefully you will open it up. So be aware of that. And then one of the things I've been going over again with um, the people that we've been talking to over the last couple months is when we talk about understanding the different risk buckets we have and we understand, yeah, if we've got one bucket out here that its purpose is long-term growth, we are gonna see that volatility right now. But if we have monies in these other buckets that have less risk or possibly no risk, maybe you got money sitting in cash, then you don't have to be worried about that other bucket that is out there that is seeing the volatility. And so then, no matter what you're seeing from the media, no matter what's being talked about about the election, no matter what these experts are gonna predict about what the market is gonna do, whether it's a Trump win or whether it's a Biden win, you realize I already have a plan in place And I can weather this storm with the monies that I have addressed as my invested assets. So I would just tell you, I would really caution you in what you are giving your attention to. You know, again, take a step back and really, you know, go through that exercise. Kind of pull yourself out of the availability of all that media around you. Your phone, your iPad, the internet, the TV, the radio. I mean, it's everywhere, right? Just really be mindful of what you are given your attention to. And I, I think if you, if you do that and you, you go through that other exercise, you know, just maybe take a, take a step back, look and see where your monies are, make sure that you have those different risk buckets. And I think that will help you get through this. So, all right, let's jump into this. I had a conversation last week. Uh, someone had reached out to us and I, I really enjoyed the conversation that we had and the different things that they were asking about. So the way the way it started when we first got on the phone they they said listen can we give you a just a quick snapshot of where I am today and then some questions I have and then just kind of allow me to pick your brain I said absolutely sure So here's the scenario what what they told me was listen we we started saving later in life we're at that position now some things that happened in the past we're past that now and we're wanting to make sure that we're moving forward in the right direction with regards to saving for a retirement, maybe purchasing a home? You know, what are the different things that we should be looking at and considering and maybe in a priority list to make sure we're going down, make sure we're, quote, you know, no pun intended, we're asking smart money questions. And so one of the first things I told him was, well, let me ask you something. Do you have a budget? And uh, initially it was, well, maybe, kind of. So what I suggested to them was to go through an exercise where the biggest thing you want to be looking at, first of all, is income and budget. And with regards to the budget, I tell people you want to label that into three different categories. The first one is keep the lights on, right? This is just, you know, it's COVID again. It's the very beginning. You're shut down. You're in your home. What's it going to take to keep the lights on? Rent or a mortgage payment, insurance payments you know, utility payments, car payment maybe, what have you. What is, the, what is the bare minimum, keep the lights on, everything can be moving for you to have that you need money for? Then the second uh, category I tell people, okay, now let's look at lifestyle. Lifestyle, going out to eat, going to the movies, you know, sporting activities, what have you. Whatever it is that you like to do as part of your lifestyle is, that's going to be a second category. And then a the third category, lack of a better term, is bucket list items. And that can be all different types of things. Maybe it's some big trip that you want to take. You know, maybe it's some type of a legacy that you want to do for your, uh, for your heirs or for a charity. But if you go through that exercise and we look at, okay, if I'm going to have my budget and I'm going to have keep the lights on, then lifestyle, and then bucket list items, now look at my income. Well, first of all, am I able to do all three of those? Maybe not. And so that's the first thing to look at is income versus the budget, and then we put that budget into three different areas. And so when we see that, if we do realize, hey, listen, we do have discretionary money on the back end of this after we've gone through that, and we understand that our lifestyle, we can adjust accordingly based on what's happening or what we want to happen, and then maybe bucket list items, depending on how old you are or how fast you want to get to those bucket list items, is you're going to be saving for those as well if the income provides that. Now, the other thing I talked about with regards to keep the lights on in the budget is debt. Is okay, let's look at your debt and there's good debt and there's bad debt. You know, there's, there's credit card debt at a very high interest rate, which most people would consider bad debt. On the flip side, for instance, many of you have heard me talk about how we use our credit cards is I'm looking for free money. So we pay that, we use that credit card for literally everything personally and then we pay it off every month. So we're not paying any interest. And in our case, there's no annual fee, and then we get points that we can use for different, whether we're going to use it for cash or buying gift cards or travel or what have you, right? So you want to be looking at your debt, and one of the things that they said I really like, they say, you know, we do have some credit card debt, but we just flipped it or transferred it over to a 0% interest for a certain period of time. Quite frankly, I don't remember if it was 12 or 15 months. But you know, right now, there's a lot of, I, I probably get three or four offers a week where credit card companies are offering that transfer. Now, one of the things you want to be aware of, I just had one that came over from Discover, and I noticed that they reduced their 0% time that you would have to pay that debt off at 0%, and they increased the transfer fee. They went from 3% to 4%. The other thing you want to look at with the transfer fee, some of them have a minimum transfer fee. But in this case, what they did is they transferred that over to a 0%. And I said, well, that that was a great move. And so now what I told him to do is you really want to look to pummel that debt down, really put as much as you can into that debt because we know we've, again, we got 12 or 15 months to unload it, to get rid of it, right? And then let's go back to the budget. Once that debt is gone, how much extra do we have in the cash flow? Because right now, that is, well, first of all, the keep the lights on is a minimum payment. And then I would actually put it into the lifestyle or add it right into keep the lights on is what's it going to take to get that debt gone in the course of the next 12 to 15 months, whatever that 0% term was. Now, if you have good debt, which in some cases that, you know, right now car payments are, we all need a car. Well, most of us, and the interest rates are ridiculously low. I just went through the process. My mom's lease came up. We decided to go buy a car uh, for her now and uh, just just did this last week and her interest rates three and a quarter I mean, it doesn't get much cheaper than that. So again, that, that, I would consider that a good debt because it's a necessity and it's a very low cost. The, the cost of the money is very low. And of course then if you have a mortgage, mortgage rates are just ridiculously low right now. You've heard me talk about that. So again, analyzing the debt and do we have good debt or bad debt? If we have bad debt, is there a way for us to move it to now being a lower cost uh, within our budget. And again, those zero percents are out there all over the place. The next thing I told them was the emergency fund. Got to have an emergency fund. And their question was, well, how long, how, you know, how many months do we need to have? You guys have heard me talk about this before, and that's a personal decision. You know, financial planners, financial advisors, you know, three to six months, what have you. But, you know, I've got some clients that they, they want, you know, 18 months, 24 months. I've got others that, you know, maybe they're more comfortable in their job. If they lost their job, they knew that there's high demand for what they do. So maybe they only have three or six months, but it's a personal decision that you want to come to an understanding on. If you're married, obviously, if you're single, it's just you, but you want to make sure you have that money in a non-qualified, what's that mean? An after-tax savings or money market account that you can get your hands on immediately. And when you do, it doesn't affect the tax man. One of the questions was, well, what's that mean? Well, if I have an after-tax savings account or money market account, I've already paid tax on that money. So the only tax I'm paying is the little, 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 little minute amount of interest it's making right now. And I can get access to it immediately. Now, I will say this. One of the things to consider in the event you own your home and you have a lot of equity is if your emergency fund, let's say it's only three months, but you'd feel more comfortable with a year, one of the things you might want to think about, and please listen to me as I say this, especially for some of our clients that are closer to or in retirement, this almost sounds like voodoo. I've talked about this in the past, and that is getting a line of credit on your home. I didn't say you had to use it. I just said having access to the equity in our home first of all right now, is a very cheap proposition. The interest rate's, you know, 3%. It's dirt cheap to get access to that. In addition, is let's say I have all my money in qualified retirement accounts, I yank a big chunk of money out of there, or I'm under 59 and a half. I'm gonna, except for this year, I'm gonna have a 10% tax penalty plus taxes due. If I live in a state that taxes, I'm gonna have federal and possibly state tax. If I go hit the credit line on my home, it doesn't affect the tax ban. Again, this is where you want to look at holistic planning, where you're looking at all of your assets. But maybe that's a way for, I fund my emergency fund for three months. My home equity line of credit gets me the next nine. I got a full year. So again, understanding that emergency fund is very important as we go down the priority list. Now, the other thing that they brought up right as we were talking about this, they said, well, the other thing we're considering is we would, we'd like to buy a home in the course of the next 12 to 18, 24 months. So then the conversation goes down the, or goes down the road of, okay, how are we going to finance it, right? I had Lindsay on the other day from Mortgage Insurance. So they had listened to that, and they were, they were talking about the idea of, we're not going to have that conventional loan maybe, that, or that, yeah, that 20% down plus closing cost. That could be 25% of the purchase price. That could be a big chunk of money. So what Lindsay was talking about and getting educated on a lower down payment and what type of term that is, and then obviously adding in the PMI, the the mortgage insurance on that and how that works and filling that into the budget. And one of the things I said, well, maybe you need to start a separate, don't call it an emergency fund, it's the home purchase fund, because you're on a short time window if you're talking about 12 to 24 months. So it's not like I can take my money there and invest it. Because what happens if there's a lot of volatility downward and all of a sudden now I'm ready to buy this home, I got a great price, and all of a sudden I had a certain amount of money in there for my down payment, boom, half of it's gone. So again, that's going to be sitting in another savings account. So we started talking about the division of the income, where it's coming in and where they're putting it. So that's your situation where you're looking to save for a home. That's one of the things that you really want to look at is where am I putting my money if my purchase is looking to be in the next 12 to 24 months. We want to make sure we have access to it and it's not subject to down because its purpose is for purchasing the home. Now, the other thing we talked about was the investment options, and they talked about the different type of accounts they have and where they currently work and their 401k. And so what we talked about there, first of all, let me ask you something. Do you have a traditional 401k or do you have a Roth 401k option, or I should say and, and or, okay? That's important to understand. Again, we've talked about it. This is going to be how those dollars are going to be treated when we put it in, and most importantly, when we take it out. The other thing was, what about a match? In this case, it was a very healthy match. It was 100% up to 5% of their salary. That is extremely healthy. So now we have to go back and okay, let's go back to the priority list. We did income, we've done budget, we've done good debt and bad debt. We've talked we've addressed that. We've talked about the emergency fund, saving for a home, but now we have this really good investment option of a 401k with a match of 5%. So I told him, this is where you're going to have to go back and look. That I mean that's a healthy option and, you know, depending on the type of industry you're in is You know, some of the places around here, Metro Philly, they have suspended the match for the next 12 months. Many larger institutions around here have done that. I said, so you kind of have to look at, you know, maybe if you can put two or three, 4% in while still looking to fund the emergency fund and the home purchase, and you're taking advantage of that free money. Now, again, that is a situation where that money's long term invested. And based on where their age was, I I said, this is what I would do personally. You can kind of go plus or minus that based on your age compared to mine. And of course, your risk tolerance. But one of the things to understand also about the 401k or the Roth 401k versus like a IRA or a Roth IRA is the contribution limits are much greater within the 401k. For instance, this year, If you're under 50, you can put in $19,500. If you're a catch-up, which is over 50, you can put an extra $6,500 in. Well, that, I mean, so what I was letting them know is, listen, as you get older and you have taken care of these first three or four items that you have, there is the ability for you to do a catch-up if your income and your uh, budgeted expenses allow to really put a lot of money into that versus just a traditional IRA or a traditional Roth which this year if you are under 50 you're capped at only $6,000 and if you're over 50 you get an extra grand to put in so that's 7,000 but on the 401k think about that 195 plus if I'm over 50 6500 plus in this case they're getting a 5% match up to the uh, 100% up to 5% of their salary I mean that, that's a that is really really a healthy Healthy, healthy match. So, so now because of that match, I'm like, you might want to look to you know, reprioritize some of these things at least a little bit, you know, just a little bit where you can take advantage of that. Then the other thing we talked about, and I would tell this for everyone, is that understand your risk tolerance and choosing the investments in wherever you're going to put them with regards to the market, a 401k, an IRA, if you're going to be investing in the stock market or some type of a blended stock market bond type portfolio. Understand your risk and understand the purpose of that money, your investable money, to be able to, you know, again, weather the storm when it goes up and down, which it will, okay? The last thing they talked to us about was, uh, I, I, quite frankly, I don't remember if it was a friend or they saw a show or what have you, the idea of maybe in this home purchase, they only look to stay there for a year, do some cosmetic work and look to flip it. So now we're talking about real estate investing. And everyone, please hear me. This is exactly what I told them. You really want to go into real estate investing, whether you're going to be a landlord or whether you're going to be a flipper with full eyes wide open. You know, don't fall into, you know, back in the day, remember Carlton Sheets at two o'clock in the morning with the infomercial. And if you just paid him $1,000, he would teach you how to be a multimillionaire in six months, okay? Going into real estate, again, whether it is rentals, so you're gonna be a landlord, or whether it's gonna be, you're gonna be a flipper, you're gonna buy a distressed property, you're gonna do the rehab work and you're gonna flip it and sell it and look to make the, mar- the, the profit margin there, is you wanna realize that real estate investing can be very capital intensive. What does that mean? You're gonna to have to have the money to buy the property, so, in many cases, if you're buying it as an investment, it's not just 20% down. Sometimes it's 30, 35, or 40%, right? And I, that depends on how many other homes you have going, plus the closing cost. I've seen people that have went out and did it with hard money loans. What in the world does that mean? That means they're financing 100%. They're getting the hard money down payment from someone. That, that could be charging them 7, 9, 12, 15% on a balloon for a year, maybe two years, right? That's expensive money, okay? And if I'm going to be a renter, what we tell clients that are in the rental game is we want to make sure if you get three or four or five properties that we have some capital sitting over on the side for when you turn those tenants, because you're always going to have to come in and do some type of, even if it's just minor cosmetic work, you might be out five grand. Okay. So if you're going to do flips then you have to be able to understand what you're buying it for. Remember what Sam Walton said, it's all about what you buy it for. It's not about what you sold it for, okay? So what we bought it for and then what we are going to have to put into it to get fair market value. In that case, we're going to, how long is construction going to take and how fast can I flip it, especially if I'm using, let's say, a line of credit or I'm wanting to flip many homes during a year. So again, the real estate investing. No, again, not that it's a bad thing i've got many clients that are in that game, and we assist them with planning for that, but you definitely want to go into it eyes wide open, especially if you're going to be a landlord you know i I joke with people you know if you're going to be the one actually taking care of the property are you okay getting that call Saturday night at eleven o'clock hey listen my you know my pipes are backed up you know so really look at i I caution them on looking that as uh Investing to you know make a quick buck until they got these other things down and or in place and they were in, they were really in a groove. Then you can look at that real estate and it may, let's say it takes you you know twelve eighteen months to get there. And at least at, during that time, you're doing your research to understand what it's going to take on making sure that real estate investment actually pans out and works out for you because I've, I've spoke to many people that went down that road and their eyes weren't wide open and um, it cost them a good chunk of money, a, a good chunk of money. So I hope this has been helpful for everyone with regards to um, the first one. Again, understand that everyone is coming after your attention in the media, the election cycle we're in right now. Again, it's like the Olympics, right? It only happens once every four years. Every media outlet is just pummeling it. Right now, so make sure that you're you're mindful of that. And if you do have questions or concerns, or you just want to talk, reach out to us. SpeakWithMatt.com. Again, www.speakWithMatt.com, and we can schedule a time right there, fifteen or thirty minutes, to have a conference call, and hopefully walk you through the steps that we walk with clients on to make sure that they are they're comfortable. Now, I shouldn't say comfortable. They're they're at least a little more tolerant with this up and down that we're seeing right now with the markets and the upcoming election. So hopefully this has been helpful for everyone. If you have a question or scenario that you would like for us to address, know that you can do that. Just shoot us an email info at smartmoneyquestions.com or go to speakwithmat.com, Schedule a time. We can talk about it and then we can possibly have it on the show. So listen, everyone, that's all I've got for today. Everybody take care. We'll talk soon. Thanks.